What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode. Love God, Love Sex Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Heath Mac. I'm one of your hosts, Heath Maxwell. Joined. What's good, everybody? Is Jamie. Today we're talking about friendships. Oh, how many of us have them? Friends. Ones we can depend on. (laughs) I don't know if you should be dependent on, you know, every friend that you have, but, you know, are are all friendships really set up for that type of deliverable where you can depend on people all the time? No, I don't think so. But but some of them, I think, are. And some friendships are, you know, friendships of convenience or from childhood or friendships of familiarity. That's childhood. And then some are friendships of depth and and, you know, solidarity through some of the deepest trials of both you and respectively uh, your lives. Uh, Right. You know, uh, some some people say friendships are for a season. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, there's there's still a lot of debate about whether opposite sex, opposite genders can actually have real authentic friendships. So that's That's the reason why we're talking about about this today. you know, Pastor Nori would say pussy plus dick will always equal a fuck. So <laughs> there are people That's out true. here that feel like men and women cannot be friends. They can't be in the same room because at some point, you know, our our nature is going to kick in. Yep. And we got to contend with that. But yep. um, just for the sake of this conversation, there are a couple of beats that we really want to hit today. One of the main points is the importance of opposite, opposite sex, opposite gender friendships. Um, we also want to talk about, you know, societal views and misconceptions about these friendships, what that could be. Again, like I just mentioned, Nori, uh, but there are other people who feel like that as well. And then, you know, some of the pitfalls that come from trying to cultivate these friendships. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just let's just dive right in uh, right at that first point. Like, do you feel like opposite genders can be friends and, and have a sustainable friendship? Uh, short answer, yes, uh, absolutely. You know, I love this conversation because back in my 20s, um, my life was positively, and I mean positively impacted by my ability to befriend women. I'd gone through a, a bulk of my 20s, you know, uh, celibate or abstinent mm-hmm. rather, not celibate, abstinent because I was doing some stuff. I just wasn't having penetrative sex. And because of that, I was able to see women in a different view and deepen friendships and relationships with women that uh, because I didn't have the emphasis of always trying to lead it to the bedroom or felt the pressure as a man to always have to be smooth, be suave, or just make women swoon. It was just about the connection and it was what it was and it was on the table and it became friendly or friendlier. That's great. Or if it was just on the table and was convenient, then great. Uh, but you know that pressure was gone, so I was able to really you know move pretty powerfully with women, um, and it was great because one of the things this, these relationships did is they challenged my patriarchal views about women mm-hmm. and men and mm-hmm. women and who should do what and who should provide, who should you know take what, who should receive what, um, and it also opened my eyes to the plight that many women have in the workplace and in their homes. I mean, the truth is. How can we ignore the opinions, perspectives, and life experience of 50% of our species? 
Mm. Yet that is a major thing that does happen. And I know people, especially in the red pill community, would disagree with me, and that's fine. That's open for debate and discussion. But this has just been my experience, not only just based on who I am, but based on the reading and research. And I don't mean research in the sense I've done it, but reading, right? We talked about that in the podcast, doing good reading um, mm. and exposure to life experiences that have you know changed my life and helped me develop a more inclusive mindset. And I think men and women benefit from listening across the table to each other and just having really good platonic friendships so they can understand each other's pain. And I say, you know, when you do that, you can start building bridges where places there's big, you know, gaps of misunderstanding. Yeah. And, and I mean, whether you're talking about women in your family, uh, friends that you have, even just people that you meet on the street, I think having that perspective is, is, is priceless. Um, like you said, it just it gives you insight into um, dealing with this this sex, this gender that you may eventually end up coupling with. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so you mentioned, you know, in your early 20s, you had uh, positively been impacted by a bunch of friendships. You know, I'm thinking about me going to an all boys high school and, you know, you can only imagine how much testosterone was swirling around there, a lot of, you know, patriarchy filled Same here. Views, all boys. ideas. Um, and not even from a malicious perspective, it's just, mm -hmm. but, but when you don't have both sides present, you know, a lot, there's just that imbalance there. So yeah. I think a lot of those ideas um, did ignore women and the, and the woman's experience. Um, but, but to have women in my family or you know, from church, or, you know, wherever there was a, a higher population of women, um, it kind of gave me some balance to how I saw them and held space for them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. For sure, so, for sure. What, yeah, you, you, and I'll take it a step further saying these friendships are central to my life. Mm, um, so, yeah. I'm assuming that you mean they're, they're still, you still have them. Yeah. They're still active. Yeah, so let, let, me, let me give you another example. I talked about my 20s. Let's talk about my 30s. Mm -hmm. During my thirties, uh, my relationship with my current prop, my per my current partner was propped up by women, women who looked out for that relationship, women who protected that relationship. Mm. They offered different perspectives and insights about life and what it meant to navigate the world as a woman. Uh, you know, they got into everything from the pulls, the pangs, the triumphs, the valley, you know, the valley points, the mountain peaks. I mean, you really start to hear life from someone who lives a totally different life than you could ever possibly imagine. And their advice, patience, and wisdom, their life experiences allowed me to see and experience some of the critiques and anger that my partner had, whether in my relationship or in relationship as a whole, uh, mm. her, or her relationship to her parents or her, her, her household. So um, the family household I'm talking about. So that was super important for me and it allowed me to see, oh, wow, well, if my friend or this woman who I befriended is going through this kind of pain and it sounds very similar to what I'm hearing coming from my partner, where's the connections and what can I be doing better to think more clearly, be more of an advocate, be more of a connector and be more inclusive in my home? So it, that definitely in my 30s was another step of elevation in my connections with, you know, women or the opposite sex. Well, it's like Tupac said, we all got our name from a woman. We came from a woman and got our game from, from a, a woman. woman. <laughs> yeah, 
Why do we rape um, our women? Why do we take from our women? Mm, do we do we hate our women? Mm. It's time to heal our women. To be, be real, real with to our, our women. women. To kill for our women. Um, great lyrics. Great, great oh, lyrics. Oh, man. Yeah, Pac was a genius. I mean, just mm -hmm. hate using that word genius, but he was brilliant. Just a poet. True definition oh, for sure. Of term. For sure. You know, my, my the first, you know, female friends that I had were women in my family. Um, mm. Cousins who talk to me about all sorts of things from, you know, personal journey with religion to sex um, to education and so many different, different things. You know, they told me about hygiene, about social etiquette. <laughs> My grandmother was very active in the church and, <laughs> you know, I feel like just in the community, she had a very uh, high level of respect because of her, her activity, her activeness um, in the church and in the community at large. Um, so I, I usually think of engaging with my male friends more for counsel and like practical advice. But at the same time, I feel like women provided a lot of that emotional stability and or just insight around emotional ideas and concepts um, that I might have struggled with talking to guys sometimes. Because, mm -hmm. you know, guys are not always apt to be honest and transparent about how they feel, mm -hmm. um, especially without judgment of being soft or, or something weak. like things beta. Like weak. Yeah. I smell beta. Um, Low test. And, and, Low test. And, and, and listen, I've heard, I've heard that from women as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they ask you to be open and honest. And when you tell you, tell them how you feel, it's like, look at this B I T C H. Mm -hmm. up here. Exactly. But I, I just, I think that may be more, a cultural thing than, than anything. Um, I don't necessarily feel like that's how women innately are. I feel like they do look to nurture um, emotions and feelings and things like that. So uh, I, I, I really appreciate, you know, feminine energy in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but let's try, let's, let's transition this, this conversation and, and talk about some of these societal views, since we just kind of mentioned it a little bit, what are some of the societal views and misconceptions about uh, friendships between the sexes? Well, I think you touched on it with Nori said, right? Pussy plus dick equals a fuck. So yeah. the biggest challenge I had to my women friendships, and not just coming from me, but from the women, is the fact that once a man and women are, are, women are alone and being vulnerable and intimate with each other, and I don't mean physically intimate, just, you know, I think emotionally intimate, it's just ultimately going to lead to sex. Sex is always just going to be there, right? Just like Jason, you're just running and running and running. All of a sudden, like, ah, oh, got away. Bang! Sex comes out of nowhere right with there. the hockey mask on, <laughs> and some condoms and some lube, like, yeah. You thought you got away. You thought you got away. <laughs> Don't even worry about running back to the cabin. I got a bed right here among all this, this foliage right oh, by uh, Crystal Lake. Um, and But what's crazy is that we do know some things to be true, right? That friendships can be a healthy gateway or a gateway to healthy relationships. And they mm -hmm. are. But I think if people don't have that mindset all the time, um, they can, and they have a mindset of really just connecting with people and they have boundaries, they can have some thriving uh, friendships. I just heard uh, today from a random text message from an ex-girlfriend slash friend of mine. And we just chatted for a little bit and it was like, yo, pray for me. And I was like, yo, pray for me. We just had like a really cool thing. She was just getting into this, like, um, this more, 
former pastor, motivational speaker. So it was just a really good time of just connecting. Mm. And it was like, yo, peace until the next random text, homie. <laughs> and that was it. You know, um, but, you know, the love is still there. And I don't mean even romantic love, just the respect yeah. of who that person is. I mean, one of yeah. the questions I asked her was like, you got any business ideas going? Because she's just brilliant. She's really good at math, really good at networking, computer science. And she always got something in the hopper that she's cooking, you know, uh, and her partner. They're both on that same wavelength. So I just know that's a couple that once they put their heads together, they're going to just do amazing, amazing things. So that's just cool that I can have that relationship and just let it be what it is. So, you know, you have to have boundaries. I'm not just saying y'all in, in the house, 11 o'clock, butt naked in the in the hot tub talking about, you know, I just want to talk to you with my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> let me tell you about this business idea. Yeah, while exactly. I you, while I look at you naked in the house. Yeah, exactly. You know. Can I tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? You got the Bible there and the Bible opens up the condoms. Oh man, no! You, you, what you said was important. Boundaries are definitely important. Yeah. I think is an important part of this conversation because we are human, and we do have hormones. And I think sometimes when there's an attraction, um, that can make if you're in a committed relationship, that can make a partner a little jealous, um, or or raise an eyebrow at the friendship. Like, well, you can't hang out with them unless I'm there, mm-hmm. type of thing. But you know, it, it's. I think in those kind of scenarios, like the boundaries are, are what protect the friendship. Um, and I have a number of a, a plethora, actually, no, a small number of really gorgeous, gorgeous friends who, you know, when we first met, if they would have gave me the opportunity, I probably would have tried to beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, just because that, like that wasn't on the table and the friendship kind of developed a little bit more authentically and organically, um, it became more about rapport and respect and honor and admiration. And uh, those kind of became the things that built, that the friendship were built on, our our interactions were built on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it, it's kind of crazy to say, I can say that they're gorgeous, but I really have zero attraction to them like yeah, that now. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's funny how friendship kind of works like that, right? It's like, when you don't really know the kind of relationship that's going to evolve from your, your interactions, talking with this person, that's all that could be on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that could easily happen. But once you develop that respect for this person and you're no longer objectifying them or just looking at what you can get from them in that way or how their body or who they are is going to serve you, um, you learn how to respect them and your relationship and those boundaries in a different way. Well, for sure. And you brought up the con- well, the concept of attraction. And mm. people have had these discussions that attraction underpins all relationships, friendships, even romantic or platonic. Mm. And even two people who are cis-tet, who are, who are the same sex, right? there's a, a attraction there and that's hard for some some men to understand right you're attracted to your homeboy you're attracted to the dude you played basketball with or baseball with or you know a chess game with or vice versa for a, a, a woman and i think there's a difference between different types of attraction attraction doesn't always mean romantic sexual attraction right yeah but mm-hmm. a connection that can keep a friendship alive and that's why I find it silly for people always to talk about attraction. Well, what if you guys are attracted to each other? But I could say that Jim and Tyrone are attracted to each other. Again, not sexually, not romantically. 
but they're attracted in the sense of they may have similar interests, goals in mind, and they believe in a similar futures for themselves and their families. Mm. And so there's an attraction that's there. Again, they don't go home and fantasize about each other physically or even emotionally, but they have something that ties them together. And I think that also often needs to be surfaced when we talk about men and women being together. There's different types of attraction. Just because a woman's there, like you said, you have some really gorgeous friends, but you're not attracted to them. I don't know how many conversations I've had with my, my male friends where we talk about a woman being pretty, but yeah, she doesn't really do it for me, right? And I'm sure women have the same thing where I can recognize a guy is like aesthetically and structurally good looking, but I'm just, there's no energy there. I'm not attracted. So I think that has to be said. Yeah. I was just thinking about, um, I think it was some years ago where Tyler Perry talked about not, not necessarily an attraction to TD Jakes, but it was like, that is who he was getting a lot of his uh, spiritual guidance from, I guess, or something like that. But I think that's a that's an example of that, right? You know, um, two men can have that kind of a, an, an attraction or connection, uh, like you called it. Um, but that's you know that's a good example of that friendship of utility, right? There's mm-hmm. like this practical or functional use of both people in this friendship, um, you know. But usually, when you're talking about attraction, it is a potential hurdle, you know, in the opposite sex friendships, it's, it's around sexual attraction, mm-hmm. you know, and it's why a lot of committed relationships often express issues with the opposite sex friend, mm-hmm. you know, they feel like there's a threat to this person succumbing to that, that natural pull to the opposite sex. Like I said, you, you're sitting around some, with someone, a friend that, that might be gorgeous, but you're not attracted to, but your nature kicks in. And, yeah. you know, nature can kind of take its course and, and maybe the friendship that you had, this connection that you had, which was mutual and it was about respect. It, yo, if you're having an issue with your partner, that might look like the grass is greener over mm. there. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, attraction always has to be an issue. Like I said, the number of gorgeous friends that I have that I'm perfectly fine just sitting and talking with and building with and throwing around ideas and you know coming up with uh different types of things that we feel like might help the community or other friends that we have like i think that's perfectly fine yeah what about french friends with benefits f w b i mean a lot of people have done it including me but but essentially in this context of friendships opposite sex what are they well, for me, m- most of my FWB situations either led with sex and grew into a friendship mm. or led with friendship and then the sex was kind of explored at a later time. Um, but the, the through line with all with both of those scenarios is kind of knowledge itself. Like you have to know and be accountable for your actions with people. So if, if someone you're sleeping with has other qualities that you admire, um, and you appreciate their company uh, non-sexually, like that can grow into a beautiful friendship. I think there just has to be that that shared or mutual understanding and desire for that, for the, for the friendship. Got it. Yeah. You know? Okay. So friendship with benefits, totally understandable. 
what are the scenarios in cultivating and maintaining these friendships? I mean, can they be potentially dangerous or harmful? Now, we've touched on it a little bit here, sprinkled it here so far through the episode, but let's take a moment to deep dive with that. And I wanted to get it started because we've extolled the benefits. We've talked about the ways we could do it. You know, the first time I really think about media-wise, right, a friendship where, you know, it became sexual was Brown Sugar, the movie with, you know, Sanaya Lathan and Tay Diggs, all centered mm. around hip-hop. Uh, early aughts, turn of the century movie. Great film, by the way. I watched it recently. I was like, oh, this is a really great film. Uh, you know, but, but that's what people fear, right? You know, your fiance fears that that best friend, quote unquote, that you've had since eight, you know, eighth grade, you know, seventh grade, you know, is all of a sudden going to go sexual. You know, when you're 32 years old, looking to get married in a couple of weeks, it's going to be this big, you know, curtain call reveal, pull back the curtain and be like, by the way, I've been, I've been in love with you for 20 years. And it's just like, wow, that just leaves the other person out in the lurch, you know, or yeah. just taking one step further that there's, I think also the fear of the intimacy that that person, that best friend, that woman or that man has access to you that they don't have um, the ability to have, you know, right. They have a special key card to your your heart that your spouse or your partner or your fiance hasn't gotten yet. Funny, funny story. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I was, <laughs> lean back. I was I was dating I was dating a girl once. <clears throat> okay. And she had a friend that she a friend that she met at the at a speed dating event. Okay. And initially the story around their friendship sounded really really bogus, <laughs> you know. Um he was a trainer and it's like he had sent her some progress fo- some progress photos with his shirt off even though he was a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up seeing them and I was trying to discuss it with her. And, you know, I was worried that their friendship was more than it was because I had a insecurity about my body. Mm. Now, whether they were doing whatever they were doing, the the insecurity was was mine. So this is what I was talking about, the self-awareness earlier. Like you really have to know and be accountable for your thoughts, ideas and actions with people. So, you know, that, I feel like that could be a insecurities can definitely be a pitfall. Um, but you know, I, I remember a, a viral video of Steve Harvey yes. discussing how he doesn't have female friends. That's right. Have, have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen did it. it and... Did it resonate with you at all? <laughs> well, it was timely, uh, because, you know, obviously when I think back to it, we're having this discussion and that I think was sometime last year, 2022. And for those that haven't heard it, you know, he asserts in this quick clip uh, that a woman or a man who has a friend of the opposite sex only has that friend, right? Because that person is waiting, waiting around for the opportunity to snatch that person up once their partner makes a wrong move or that person is a little bit more amenable open to a romantic relationship. And I get it, right? That's, I do. That's Jason again, waiting in the wings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ding, <laughs> 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 ding. It just comes out of nowhere. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Why? I, oh, I got the key card to La Parker Meridian. <laughs> yeah, I got the, yeah, I, I, oh, I, I got seasons. Hideaway in Morocco waiting for us. Four Come Seasons on. Penthouse? Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. We could do that tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you want the, the Sheridan? You know what? No problem. Do you right on the conference table? Yeah. <laughs> right outside. Not on the conference of, table. <laughs> the International Conference of Plumbers. Oh, that, oh yeah. Oh, hmm. 
And they could be snaking some drains. I'm going to be snaking some drains. Don't even worry about that. Wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, I guess that kind of ties into what we said about, about boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm married and, you know, if I'm like Steve and I'm married and my wife's friend invites her over for wine at a late hour, you know, objectively, <laughs> there, there may not be anything wrong. But as a husband, I just may be thinking, well, he, he's not my friend. He's your friend. And I might have some suspicions about that. Or like, where was my invite? He didn't invite me. You know what I mean? So I guess it depends on the scenario, how it looks, how it's set up. Um, but but I, I mean, I've also lived through that. Yeah. yeah. I have yeah. also lived through that. Um, yeah. But but I I think I just I had so much trust in my partner. Um, not that her friend wouldn't try anything, but that she wouldn't do anything. Of course. I really believe that uh, our bond and our union meant something to her. And I knew her values around loyalty and fidelity. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wasn't worried about her doing anything. But uh, again, an insecurity can definitely make you raise an eyebrow. Oh, for sure. I mean, because there has to be some level of comfort by the partner because certain routines and rituals were around prior to your, you know, your arrival, sleepovers, yeah, exactly, vacations mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. secret information shared, right, uh, and those rituals may have to be rethought once you enter the picture or your partner enters the picture. So I think and, that's and honestly, yo, and if that friendship is important enough, like I was alluding to earlier, a person should really take the necessary steps to to merge them, to merge you into that friendship mm-hmm. you know what i mean sure. so that means introducing me to to your friend or introducing your partner to that friend just so they know what it is and you know be transparent with them about those you know pre-relationship rituals like if y'all were having sleepovers was it was it ever intimacy engaged you know that secret information i don't want you to know if he's got a 10 incher <laughs> and if you do forget about it forget that you know <laughs> You know, so the dreaded I mean, ten incher. Even even if it was only, you know, one time that you slept over, something like that can can cause um, an issue or a bump or a hiccup. But again, I feel like that that's that happens more when that insecurity is present. So oh, sure. you yeah. know, do you you do what you got to do on the front end to to help assuage your your partner's potential insecurities around your friendship. Yeah. I think these friendships help you learn more about yourself as an intimate or sex partner. Uh, In the video, Why You'll Marry the Wrong Person, which is a video I recommend everybody put into YouTube with this British philosopher, 20 minutes, 22 minutes to be exact. And I recommend it because he goes through all these critical, well-researched steps about Mm -hmm. why you'll marry the wrong person. And he talks about the, how difficult it is for us as human beings to use our intuition to determine what parts of our behavior or personality need to be placed and checked in order to become a better person. Mm. And what he, he goes a step further saying, friends and lovers, but friends in particular are necessary for helping us do that because, again, we can't intuit, we can't determine on our own accord what is annoying or abrasive to other people? What are those behaviors? What are those 
personality traits that are holding us back. And a friend can pull you inside and say everything from, yo, you know, you have an issue with bad breath or, you know, um, you have an issue with lateness. You have an mm-hmm. issue with disrespecting people's time. You being have an issue with not. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you have an issue with not being, being accountable. Once we confront you about an issue, you're too defensive. You take things mm-hmm. too personally. The laundry list continues, continues. And, you know, when you're learning about your partner, those friends, if you're in, like you just said, a merged relationship could really help you navigate that so that you learn a, not only to how to understand your partner, but more importantly, the P word, which is patience. You learn how to be patient with your partner. So friends help you uh, be patient with yourself and then your partner's friends can help you be patient with them. Well, you know, Aristotle said, patience is bitter, but it's fruit is sweet. Mm. So, you know, that, that patience is necessary. Um, but you know, as we wrap up, I just got some last words, you know, you, you can't learn about yourself in a vacuum, in a bubble. So you need friends to be mirrors and kind of show you, like you talked about, you know, if, if you're late, these issues that you have, if you're not accountable, if you're being lazy or bad breath or hygiene, whatever it is, like you really need friends, um, to kind of guide you to those things and, and show you how to, to navigate and, and get through them. And I think a lot of times for men, there's a, a benefit to having a woman with a softer, maybe a softer touch, tell you about these things um, yeah. and kind of help you with your fine tuning. So if you're a guy, uh, I highly encourage you to build and engage your community of the opposite sex for sure. as much as possible. Yeah. And my last word on this is just really find the women friends who can help you share their life and their life experiences, not to make you a better person per se, but for you to learn more about a life or a set of experiences you'll never be exposed to. Mm -hmm. It'll make you more mature as a human being. And it'll give you a perspective of how you can be an agent of change. And um, you can be an advocate for helping to reimagine society in a more positive, inclusive way. So that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Check us out on our social pages at Love God, Love Sex Pod at YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Go ahead and smash down that subscribe button. And also, you can email us at connect at Love God, Love Sex Podcast.net. Always looking for cool show ideas or show topics or suggestions. Thanks for listening. Check out and always remember, go check, I would say, go check out friends that are of the opposite sex or form friends of the opposite sex. Facts. Take care. Peace.